I can't believe it, but this is episode 200 of the Pickleball Fire podcast. I started the podcast in October of 2020 during the worst of the pandemic when we were all stuck in our homes. I just needed something to do, and this really fit the bill. Over two years later, here I am. I can't believe it. Uh, number 200. And today I have as my guest, pro Kevin Beeson. I had him on a couple months ago, and it was one of the most listened to podcasts. So I know you'll really enjoy this one. Let's get to the intro to hear from Kevin. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I would like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast again, Kevin Beeson. Well, hi, Lynn. Thanks for having me back. Appreciate it. It's always fun to talk with you. I have to admit, this is the quickest I've actually had somebody back on the Pickleball Fire podcast. But Kevin, I have to thank you because the last episode that we did together came out a few weeks ago, was actually the most listened to episode in the first week or so it was out. So I commend you. You added so much value. And I know the listeners are going to be glad to have you on again today. That's really nice. I don't know. Maybe it's they're just bored or something. No, hopefully they'll get something out of it. I really appreciate being on here. So hopefully we can share some stuff with them, which would be good. Yeah. And this time you actually had a suggestion for what we talk about today. And it's an interesting topic, one I've definitely never spoken about on the podcast before, but it's about going to be about metaphors. So actually, I want to start with, first of all, what exactly is a metaphor? Well, it's like a one-liner, something that you can, we use when we teach, or I use a lot when I teach. It helps people retain kind of what we're saying without, it's kind of that quick fix. It's the real quick fix where they can, an example is really simple, something really simple like PU, right? PU, that just simply means paddle up, right? And so when they hear that or they can just, we like to put little, I like to put little stickers on the side of their paddles on the frame there that they can look down and maybe it's something like, ah, right? So that's just moving your feet. That's getting your feet going, getting your blood flowing. I start my lessons with everyone has to do a little child. We got to move. And that just kind of reminds them that they need to keep moving. I love those two, especially the PU one. But I'm curious, have you always taught with metaphors or when, where did that come from? Did that come like maybe from your youth and maybe some of the coaches did it too? Well, for years, I taught tennis for like 30 some years. I taught tennis and I don't know exactly where they come from. Sometimes they just kind of, I just spurt them out and sometimes they just crack me up. I'm just not exactly sure how I came up with it. So I was teaching a camp down in Mexico and there was a gal there and she's up at the party. And then the party is what I call the kitchen because that's where all the fun happens. Or if you've ever been to a party, you know how it goes. The end of the night, everybody always ends up in the kitchen. So I call the kitchen the party. And so she's up at the party and she just is like, 
every ball is bouncing at her shoelaces. All every ball, she could have just reached out a little bit right into the kitchen and taken that ball out of the air. But she was just letting this ball just get to her shoelace and bouncing a foot behind the no volley zone line. And I'm not exactly sure where it came from, but I said, Alice, protect the pantry. And I was like, pantry, that's a good one. So I don't even know where it came from. I was just like, like I said, sometimes it just cracked me up or I'll just see someone there's really indecisive, like you're getting ready to hit a ball. You're not sure. If, should I drop it? Should I drive it? And I can see that like smoke coming from your ears. And I'm like, to me, it looks like you don't know if you want, if you want a baked potato or if you want a salad, right? You're not sure. Or it's kind of like, she loves me not. And these are just little things that we can say out that I, I can share with the students when they're taking notes, right? So I get a lot of students that send me text messages and emails after I teach them. And, and they're like, what did you mean by dancing in the dark? I mean, I forgot what that meant. And so I can share with them what that was about. And so dancing in the dark is if you're going out to play and you don't have a plan, right? You shouldn't go out, you shouldn't go on the court with no plan. You got to have a plan, everyone. You got to have, you got to have a purpose, you got to have a plan and you got to have patience. So I will say, you know, you could tell when someone had no idea what they were going to do with that ball. So I just call that dancing in the dark. And so that's something they can just think of. It's that quick fix when, when they're keeping notes or whatever, when they're playing. Of course, we talked about Australia last time I was on. That's a big one, hitting south of the equator. And I, from the last podcast, I actually had a lot of replies or people asking about it. So yeah, that that's a good one. But it's just, I'm not exactly sure where they came from. They just, I spurred them out. And I know a lot of teachers use them. So I'm not the only one. There's a lot of teachers that use the one-liners or the metaphors. And actually, they work great. I happen to be visiting Cape Canaveral right now. And I guess it was on the weekend. I was dinking with somebody. We were waiting for somebody else to come onto the court. And they kind of kept hitting the ball into the net, ball into the net. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Think of, uh, it was like, I swear I was channeling Kevin Beeson. It's like, think of the ball as the world and you want to be hitting Australia. And she says, yeah, I kept thinking about that during the game and it helped so much. I mean, it, I mean, something like that really, truly is a quick fix, isn't it? Well, it is. And what it does is it, when you start thinking about why am I hitting the ball in the net, right? Then it becomes paralysis by analysis, right? You start thinking, oh, is my, the angle of my, paddle down or am I whatever it might be when really it's just it's simple it's I tell my students when we talk about pickleball it's the kiss system keep it simple student okay so you want to so they can just simply say Australia and that just clicks for them hit the bottom half of the ball you know because it's a lifting game somebody rudely put that net in front of us so we have to lift the ball up and over the net. Absolutely. It's not like all those years where I played racquetball where there was absolutely no net and the goal was to hit it as low as possible on the front wall. Well, racquetball is barbaric. I mean, that's just like crazy. <laughs> you lock yourself in a room with four people and sweat. 
and then battle and push each other. But again, it's yeah, you're exactly right. It's totally opposite of pickleball, where you're actually the lower the better. Yeah, and I can just imagine you as an instructor because the students they're learning these concepts with these metaphors or, or one-liners, but they're also having a great time. I mean, you, <laughs> you just, even when we got on today, I said, yeah, I was going to fill in for somebody tonight and play some mixed doubles. And what was it that you said about mixed doubles? Well, it could be mixed troubles sometimes. So if it's not going well, it's mixed troubles. Hopefully it goes well for you and it is, it's good mixed doubles. I find that it doesn't matter if it's mixed doubles, men's doubles, women's doubles. You can have what we call total chaos. There's predictable chaos, which is good. And then there's total chaos. That's maybe when you're not communicating with each other or you're you're just not sure who's going to take what ball or whatever. But I'm sure you'll go out there and have fun. You'll do great. Now, what's the difference between the total chaos and the predictable chaos? All right. So, so total chaos is, well, let's start with predictable chaos. Predictable chaos is pretty much where you have a plan, right? You're trying to control the point. So you're trying to cause your opponent, okay, into having some predictable chaos. That's caused by you, by where you're placing the ball. Maybe you're wrong footing them. Maybe you're hitting it where they're not. And then there's total chaos. Total chaos is like, I mean, we've all been there, like where they they lob the ball over our head and my partner and I both run back for the ball, like two golden retrievers chasing the same ball. Those are beautiful golden retrievers, just so you know. And so we're chasing that ball. We're both chasing it. And then we make that eye contact with each other. And then we both say, yours. And then we let it go. That's total chaos. So you want to stay away from the total chaos. Predictable chaos is when you're trying to cause the chaos and that's predictable for you and your partner. And that's what you're looking for when you play doubles. So tonight when you go and play mixed doubles, your goal is, hey, partner, let's cause chaos or let's be predictable. Let's put it this way. Let's be predictable for us and unpredictable for them, which is going to cause them to have that total chaos. I love it. And I know my partner, Jeff, is somebody who can get into that total chaos mode because he can definitely be all over the court. But the one thing I do know is we're going to have a blast playing. We have played together a few times, so we should be good to go. Well, that's, that's good. And then it comes down to that communication. It's so hard when people they don't communicate, right? Then they're definitely, we're not mind readers out there. So that's when you get into that situation where you don't com- you don't communicate. That's like not having a plan. That's quit dancing in the dark, right? You guys, you got to have a, you got to have a plan. Now, in thinking about the metaphors, the one-liners that we've already talked about in the podcast, EU, cha-cha-cha, get into the party, protect the pantry, dancing in the dark. A lot of these, I think, are absolutely perfect for people who may be starting the game 
at the intermediate level, but have you got some really good one-liners for the more advanced players? Well, really, it's it doesn't matter really what level they are. If it's if they're advanced or they're beginner, all of the the one-liners will help. So lots of times, like if you're in my neighborhood in Oregon and there's a tournament going on, let's say over in Bend, Oregon, you can always find the players that I've coached. And a lot of them are the advanced players when they miss, like they hit the ball in the net, you'll hear them yell, Australia, right? If they're preparing for an overhead and they didn't, they didn't drop back and signal for a touchdown, right? which means they're going to be pointing with their non-hitting hand and their right hand goes up and they drop that thumb. Like I tell all my ladies, you know, when you're setting up to hit an overhead and you get in that trophy position, you want to take your, you want to take your hitting arm, right? You want to take your, you want to take your thumb. Like if you're right-handed, take your right thumb. I'll tell my ladies and take it back to the, take it back to your ponytail. The men, yeah, I tell them, take it back to your bald spot, right? So it's just little quick fixes they can use, little tips they can use to remind them of what's going on. It doesn't matter what level you're at. It doesn't matter. And with the beginners, I find when they're first learning, they're kind of they're kind of nervous, freaking out a little bit. And by using these, it adds humor to it, right? They laugh a lot. So it makes a lot of sense with the advanced players. Sometimes they don't laugh as much about it. They're like, oh, okay. Yeah. But for with the beginners, they find it simple, rather humorous, which helps them relax. So then they learn better. I mean, when people are taking notes, like if you're teaching something and you got all these steps, like there's like, there's a lot of steps to hitting a shot. And they're trying to write everything down. And if you can find something that's really quick for them to help them remind them, then they can, instead of having to write the whole thing down, or they can write down the one-liner, the metaphor, and then actually what it means. So when we're teaching, the, when I teach the ground stroke, okay, I use what we call the four commandments. So commandment number one is prepare. So as soon as you see that ball, it's called read and react. As soon as you see that ball coming to your forehand or backhand, you need to prepare. So you need to get your paddle in position. Commandment two is you need to cha-cha. You need to move your feet. You need to go to the ball, get set. Commandment three is your swing pattern. So you're going to imagine that you're done with work and you're going to take all your work and you're just going to push it off the desk with your paddle. You're just going to push it to the end. And then the end of, and then commandment four is your finish. That's the most important part. That's your follow through. Okay? And so you want to come up and kiss your, if you're right-handed, you want to come up and kiss your right bicep. And the reason that's the most important part is because that's the part that makes you look the best, right? That's in an, we, it's not always how you play, it's how you look is the important thing. I totally agree with that one. And it's funny because actually as as we've been talking about these metaphors, I'm like, I've been playing for a few years now, but I swear I must fall into that beginner category because I think these one-liners are hilarious and they're right. They absolutely do help 
you two stick in the brain, but is there, you're a instructor and you do clinics. How many hours are the clinics typically when you do them? So when I'm doing, let's say, well, I work for Engage Pickleball. So they're for their camps. So we're looking at like 16 hours. So we run 16 hour camps. And then locally, or if I'm doing something not through Engage, I just did a here in town that was four hours long. And then this morning I did one that was an hour and a half. So it all, it all just depends on. So it just varies for the situation. But when I'm out there, I'm not actually thinking, we talk about these one-liners and the metaphors. I'm not thinking about actually, you know, oh, it's a great time to say this. It's a great time to say that. It just kind of comes, like I said, it just kind of comes out. I, if I'm watching you play and you're doing a lot of crossing over with your feet when you're up at the, up at the no volley zone line, I might just say to you, Lynn, electric slide. Let's go electric slide. And that's just, well, that's just a shuffle across. So you're always, you're staying square to your target. You're always facing danger, which is of course your opponent. So it just, the situation just, everyone is, every camp, everything is different. Yes. And thinking about that electric slide, you might have to explain that to a few people, I would imagine, if they're not familiar with a certain type of music. Well, if they're younger, like let's say, let's just say younger, they might not know what electric slide is. But when you're talking, still the majority of the players that are teach are probably between that 40 and 70 range. Most of them know what that is. But if not, We'll just, we'll explain it with the little shuffle going across that way and not doing that where you cross over your feet. That's a big, that's a big tennis thing. You see it a lot in tennis and sometimes it has to happen in pickleball. You don't have a choice. You have to step across, but if you can help it and you can just shuffle across, bringing one foot into the next and then going across again. Most players know what that is, but if not, then we just simply have to explain. Like they will look at me sometimes and say, I have no idea what moonwalking is. Well, then you have to explain. They're like, what do you mean by moonwalking? Well, or that's when you're you're walking backwards, you're sliding backwards, the old Michael Jackson moonwalk, when you really don't need to. Like you're going back for no reason at all. Then another one is this one's really popular is that I uh, use a lot is doing going on an Australian walkabout. All right. The Australian walkabout is just simply, we've all been there. We're out at the park playing and there's 40 retired attorneys giving free advice. Right. And they keep saying, Lynn, go in, go in. Right. And maybe it's not the right time. Right. It's not the right time because Actually, your opponent's paddle might be above their head, which means you're really on the defensive. They're on the offense. So there's no reason for you to go moving forward. But a lot of people will. They'll just start moving forward. And that's what we call the Australian walkabout. They just left their home like they do in Australia. They leave and then they go walking for days and then they come home and you're like, hey, why'd you do that? And they're like, I don't know. I just did it. And so when you say it, we call that the Australian walkabout. 
Well, I like that. Australia is definitely getting a lot of love, certainly in this podcast. And when it comes to, yeah, your metaphors. I don't even know why. I don't even know why. Maybe I have to come up with something else. It's, I have no, yeah, I really don't know the reason. It's just something that comes out, I guess. Australia, south of the equator, the Australian walkabout. Yeah, I don't know, but they do get a lot of love. Now, you do have all these great metaphors and they're great quick hits tips easy to remember do you have like a book of them well funny you mentioned that we're actually i'm working on a book right now with a gentleman that i teach with brett noel and it we were hoping to have it out by christmas i don't think it's going to make it but it's a little it's kind of funny because when i sit back and i start thinking about these one-liners i have a really hard time actually bringing them back i can't really they just naturally come out on the court it seems like so yeah it's a little tougher than i thought when it's like writing them down i can come up with like 25 maybe but there's like but i have like 100 of them but i can't think of them when i'm just purposely trying to they just naturally come out when i'm teaching so i started to on my handy dandy little phone when I when it comes out, I will hit the record and then I will remind myself something like, she loves me not. So I can remember when we're trying to put this book, that's one of them. I've had over the years of teaching many ex-students say, you should write a book on these one-liners. And then so hopefully we'll get that out and it'll be just those quick fixes that you can just carry in your bag and you can think, and I just keep, I'm just late on everything. I'm late. I'm hitting my forehand really late. Then you can go back and find the four commandments and see, number one, prepare. Number two, move your feet. And so you can just, you can go back to it and look at it. Most of the top players keep some sort of notes, like a pickleball workbook with them. So they can, when they're having those bad days, they can fall back onto those things that help click it just helps click for them all right well i will definitely be looking forward to the book and if it helps i will be happy to provide the transcript of this podcast in case there's a one-liner in what we talked about today that you <laughs> have forgotten but uh, kevin anything else that we should know today well on a lot of these um i share a lot of these i'm not sure on social media on a what we Dillard's pickleball tips. Dillard is he's a pickle he's just a pickle in a baseball hat, short and shorts. And Dillard's all about kindness and love and having fun and everything. So I put a lot of these out there on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff. So um people can see them. These and they're pretty much the quick fixes. It'll be it might be baked potato or salad, and then it will just kind of little explain what that is. But if I can give you advice, one thing that I think is really good is use stickers. Stickers are great. So like on the side, like if you're you're really having a hard time keeping your paddle up, just get one of those little things you make stickers on and just put PU on it or right paddle up or something that you can put on the side of your 
on the side of your paddle. So, you know, it can help you. It can remind you when you're out there because it's really true. The more you think, right, the harder this game becomes. So Zig Ziglar said, quit that stinking thinking. So have things out there that can help you with your quick fixes. And like I said, we hand a lot of those stickers out when we're teaching and they tend to help people a lot. Now, do you have stickers for the shoes that say cha-cha? Okay, so this is true. So I had a guy uh, at one of my camps. He had a white pair of shoes on. And he asked if I had a Sharpie. And he wrote on the top of each shoe, he wrote cha-cha. Okay. And I thought, well, number one, you just ruined a pair of shoes. But he said, now, every time I look down, I can see cha-cha. And so it was a quick reminder for him to keep your to keep his feet moving. I love it. And it's funny because I just happened to have purchased a pair of white shoes. I usually have black shoes. Yeah. I might consider doing that. Oh, I don't know. Maybe put a sticker down there. Right. Just, yeah. And I actually had a guy the other day, he had a, he had a brand new paddle. And this was a camp that I did on Saturday. And he wrote, I think what it was, I think the one that he wrote was I want to say it was just P-U, but he wrote it right on the face of his paddle. I mean, with my Sharpie, he wrote P-U down in the corner. So when, which was, of course, for paddle up. I don't recommend that you ruin shoes or ruin the face of your paddle. Go ahead and just put sticker on the side. And you can always change that sticker out if it's something else. But we get a lot of that where people ask for those stickers. And so they can remember. All right. Well, I love that. Again, I know the listeners of the Pickleball Fire podcast are going to really enjoy this episode too. Is What's the best way to find you, Kevin? Well, you can go on social media. If you go on Facebook, it's just under Kevin Beeson. And that will get you also to Instagram. And then TikTok is pickleball-tnt, which stands for tips and talks so they can follow that way you'll see a lot of a lot of these tips on there and then anyone that has questions can always email email me at zero to hero pb at gmail.com and so it's zero the word the number two hero the word pb at gmail.com All right. It's been awesome having you on again today, Kevin. Thank you so much for being on the Pickleball Fire podcast. Well, thank you and good luck tonight and have fun. I definitely will do that. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes. 